0: Well, hey everybody it 's so good to see you. Thank you for being here after a couple of weeks over in the Holy Land, you are a sight for sore eyes. It is so great to be back with you if you 're a guest. thanks so much for coming you 're actually participating in a spiritual family that is authentic and for real and we 're thrilled to have you here with us and right here at the beginning of this new series, I have to make a confession and Um, You know I don't have a priest or counselor so I'm going to use you if that's okay. And uh, the confession is summers at Northridge used to be boring spelled in capital letters. I mean boring and I'm sure you can get it right. It's it's Michigan. There's an extremely small window of good weather that happens in the summer. And people are trying to squeeze every ounce of it out that they can. And, and one of the things they can kind of push to the side to get a little more time is church. And so they kind of hit the pause button on their spiritual journey as it relates to at least, you know, the church part of it. And, and they enjoy their summer. And, and I have to be honest, I, I actually allowed my leadership... To surrender to that whole deal years ago I, I just endured the summers here we, we didn't make any special plans We didn't hold any special events Why would we do all that work when we know far fewer people than normal would come And so we saved all our great events and our great plans And our special things for the fall and beyond when people would be here now, how's that for a pitiful example of leadership on my part? Really? Let's just surrender to the normal, you know, let the world go on as it does, and us. Here's what that kind of leadership is you know, I'll see where the crowd's going, and I'll run out in front and pretend I'm leading it. That was horrible leadership. And so, a couple of years back, we decided we're going to change it up. We're going to do everything we can to make summers here at Northridge, in a word, unforgettable. And so we started planning special things. In fact, we decided we would try and bring in some of the people that God is using in the most influential way here in America and around the world. We wanted to bring in some of the best spiritual teachers and leaders and influencers. And we've started doing that, which is really, really exciting. To, To do what? To make our summers here unforgettable. We, we started planning special events and special concerts in the summer. In fact, don't tell anyone. It's kind of a secret. But this summer, Hillsong, Young and Free are coming. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Don't tell anyone because then you won't have a seat. And everyone knows it's about me getting a seat, not other people hearing them, right? And so, it, it, But we're doing special events. Why? To make the summer unforgettable. We also are taking weekends that happen in the summer. And we're trying to make them more special than they would have been by normal. A good example is Father's Day. You know, Father's Day happens in June. And I, I grew up in a religious church setting. And that's why I kind of gave up on the whole God thing and church thing early on in life. It just didn't make sense to me. And, and in the religious setting, what happened with Father's Day was weird. Contrast it with Mother's Day. Mother's Day was phenomenal. Moms would manipulate you know all their kids and all their family to come to church that day right and the church would celebrate moms and lift them up and talk about how mom sat at the right hand of jesus and was the most awesome thing in the world and no wonder moms wanted to be here and bring their kids but father's day was totally different in the religious world i grew up in father's day was the one day moms made dads come to church right And it's the one opportunity the pastor had to talk to dads. And so they beat them up one side and down the other, you know, stuck daggers in their heart, told them everything they were doing wrong. And then they asked, how come dads don't come on Father's Day? Are you kidding me? It was a horrible event. So we've decided, you know, let's make Father's Day more like Mother's Day. Let's acknowledge that dads are pretty awesome. Dads are pretty important. Dads play a great role. Let's encourage them. And so we do that during the summer. And one of the neat things we did, we started it last year, and it's all to make the summer unforgettable. We started a special Father's Day choir, men's only choir on Father's Day. You finally get to come up here and get away from your wife elbowing you in the gut, and you get to be a part of the choir. And the neat thing is when you're a part of like 300 men singing, you can stink, and it still sounds pretty good. And what happened was families came to see their dad sing in the choir. All kinds of neat things happened, and it became unforgettable. We're doing it again this year. I just want to encourage you. Next weekend, the choir for the men starts rehearsing. I just, sign up for it, would you, man? It is a fun experience. You get to see what I see every week, and you'll go, how does he look at that every week? It'll be a phenomenal experience for you. You can sign up with guest services or online, whatever. Love to have you. But but we want to make the summer not normal not boring, and unforgettable. And so I'm so excited to tell you, this weekend, we start, once again, our unforgettable summer series. And right at the beginning, I just have to acknowledge how proud I am of our team. Didn't they do an unbelievable job here? It's just like, it's, it's gorgeous. And I got a tweet recently that says, my gosh, how much money do you spend on that set? We could help thousands of people around a room. It's PVC piping and a little stuff. We have such creative staff and volunteers, all volunteers building this stuff, that this is next to nothing to put together, but it looks gorgeous, which I appreciate so much. And what you might not know, I'm so proud of our team, of staff and volunteers, Everything you'll experience during this series has been put together by our team. I mean, There are pictures on the walls of all of our campuses and they were taken by our team. We have, we have uh, volunteers who do photography for us and then the volunteers helped us put frames together and some of our staff. And we have sets in all the different places and they were designed by our team. And all the videos you're going to see in this experience are, are done by our team and edited by our team. It is such... A wonderful thing all for one reason. We are not going to allow summer to be normal. We are going to make summer unforgettable. We want summer to be a season that can change your life spiritually. So I want to encourage you, take advantage of it. Invite friends to it. Let's be a part of the unforgettable things that God wants to do in our lives this summer. Now, as we get into the series itself, I, I get to kick off the whole series this summer, and I'm excited about starting into an issue that has been changing me once again in my spiritual life and it's kind of surprising actually I'm 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 going to teach on some unforgettable life lessons that I've discovered along the way that have transformed me, transformed the way I live transformed the way I love and transformed the way I lead but here's why it's becoming so important to me that that I teach these life lessons. Here's why they're rising to the top of what I believe I have to focus on in my own life. I have found over the course of my life's journey that by nature, I tend to live by the wrong principles. I tend to live by the wrong principles which lead to the wrong choices in life which then ultimately lead to the wrong consequences it's not what I want it's not what I dream of but I get the opposite because I'm living by the wrong principles and I have found because I have the privilege of being a spiritual leader in an environment like this that everyone in the world has the same problem I have we by nature tend to live by the wrong principles and make all the wrong choices and find at the end of the path the wrong thing we're in the wrong place experiencing the wrong consequences and it's a part of humanity now all you have to do is go back to the beginning in Genesis 3 and you can read it on your own but Adam and Eve had this perfect paradise and the evil one came and whispered in their ear and says God's holding out on you if you really want to experience success and prosperity. If you really want to know fullness of life. If you really want to know true contentment and significance. Then, then you have to get out from underneath his thumb. You have to push him out of your life. And, and you, you, you take from the tree he said you can't have. Because that's the tree that allows you to be your own God. Then you'll finally be living. And they bought it. And they chose it. And they ate it. And, and it was the wrong move because in that moment they went from the right principles and the fullness of life God created for them to living by the wrong principles and experiencing the death God promised because when you don't have the one who can breathe life and meaning and significance into you you lose all that and that's exactly what happened to them and that, just, that explains not just human history it explains my history it explains your history God puts it in very succinct language in Romans chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Although they claim to be wise, and boy, don't we? We claim to have it together. We claim to know what's best for us. And we claim to know which path will lead to the right places. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools. And here's what they did. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God, the one true God, for fake gods. Images of God and birds and animals and creation and other stuff. You know what we've done, thinking we were so brilliant that we didn't need God, we exchanged the real God who truly loved us, who truly could help us, who truly provided for us, who truly could empower our lives. We exchanged him for make-believe, fake gods that do nothing for us, which means we exchanged the fullness of life, the best of life that God can provide for no life at all. Even when we have everything without God, we have nothing. I mean the insides are totally empty and life becomes disastrous and miserable. Bad choices. We by nature tend to live by the wrong principles. And that brings me to the truth that's going to form the basis of my unforgettable life lessons that I share here at the beginning of this series. And and, and this is the truth. If we're going to experience genuine success, the life that God's designed for us, the best of what he offers us in life, it demands that we live by the right principles. And this is important to know because by nature we don't live by the right principles. We think we're smart enough to make the right choices, but we continually make the wrong ones. So if we... If we want to start experiencing the best that God has for us, the fullness that God has for us, we have to start living by the right principles. So let me show you how God says it. He was talking to Joshua, who was going to be one of his great leaders. And he said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, if you're going to experience the best of life, if you're going to be successful, do not let this book of the law, don't let my words, my scriptures, depart from your mouth. Meditate on them day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. He's saying don't let one word come out of your mouth. Until you are so saturated with my truth and my principles. That you do the right things in life. And then he says Joshua. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. When you break the pattern of doing the wrong things. And you really understand my truth and my principles. And you do the right thing. That's when you'll experience true success. Again in Psalm, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says the same thing. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. Blessed are those who don't continue to follow in the pattern of wrong principles like all of us do, but breaks it. How? By delighting instead in the principles, the law, the word of the Lord. And on that law on God's principles, meditating day and night, being saturated with it, and here's the consequence, you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in its season, leaf not withering, and whatever you do will genuinely prosper, but not so with the wicked. If you keep doing what comes by nature, the wrong principles, then you'll be like the chaff that the wind blows away. Chaff is the the worthless coverings of, of valuable grain, and it's just, dust it just blows away it's nothing it's worthless and God says we have two choices we can follow our nature and live by the wrong principles and waste our entire lives or we can steep ourselves and saturate ourselves with his principles and carefully obey them and then we'll experience a life of consequence and significance what we dream of and I have to tell you the truth of those passages that I just shared with you truly have been the experience of my life at times When, and that's the operative word, when I live by the right principles, when I follow the prescription he gave to Joshua and he laid out in the Psalms, when I really do make his principles a matter of my full attention and I seek to apply them to my journey, I've experienced. The genuine success that comes And I'm not talking about success as the world defines it We're not talking about you'll have more money than everyone else You'll have a better job than everyone else You'll be more more powerful than everyone else You'll be more comfortable, everything will go I'm not talking about that Because God's not Talking about success as God defines it Where you don't need the outside to make you happy Because you're so full on the inside So full and prosperous are you internally that your cup overflows. You don't have to be taking from one another, climbing over each other, competing with each other to find happiness because you already have it from within. Success is God defines it. And I have to tell you, when I've lived by God's principles, when, and it's not all the time, but when I have, I've experienced life fully. In those few moments when I've been living that way, life has been amazing. But I don't always live that way. In fact, far from it. If I'm really, really honest, I don't live by his simple principles more often than not. Sometimes just because I forget them. And this is why he said, Joshua, stay in it, man, night and day. This is why he said in the psalm, stay in it night and day because it's not natural to you. And if you're going to live it and experience success, you've got to be in it. But, you know, sometimes I'm just too busy. I mean, I've got work to do, stuff's happening. I mean, my schedule's frenetic and stress is all over the place and I have to get up earlier to start doing stuff and what happens is I can just forget his principles so then by nature I start living the wrong principles, making the wrong choices and getting to the wrong place. And so do you. But sometimes it's worse than that if I'm really going to be honest on myself. Sometimes it's not that I forget his principles, it's that I choose to ignore his principles like Adam and Eve in the garden thinking, you know... I bet you I can outsmart God on this one. I just feel like this is a better path for me. I feel like if I go against what he said, I'll arrive at even a better place. And I'm always wrong. It always leads to my own destruction. There are some times that, that if I'm really, really honest, and I've read through the Bible so many times and through the principles, and, and I can always get new things, but the, the basic principles of God are pretty simple. And if I'm really honest, I have one of these bents that I like to move on to the new stuff, you know. I like to move on to the more creative stuff. I like to move on to the deeper stuff. I like to go further. And, and what happens is I find that I start getting bored with the simple principles of life that he's laid out. And I start trying to get more creative and learn new things. And I forget the basics. And you know what happens when I forget the basics? I stop living the basics. And you know what happens when I stop living the basics? I start making very bad choices. I'll give you an example. I'll use a sports analogy. You know, you can have a, an unbelievably great sports team. Some of the greatest players in the world paid some of the best salaries in the world put together on the same team with some great strategies that should be world champion material and yet they still lose. Can anyone think of a Detroit team that might fit that description? I don't know. Do you know why it happens? And by the way, I know we have some Lions players that come here, and I, I'm i really sorry, but maybe this talk can help you guys give us what we want, a win here and there. That'd be great. Um, but what happens is you can be great and fantastic, the highest elite athletes in the world, and still lose because you forget the basics. Because without the basics, you're not going to win. And you see, sometimes I... I'm looking for the new stuff. The old stuff's boring and the truth is the old stuff, the basics, the basics which I need in order to really experience God and the same is true for you. And the result when I forget it is obvious. I start failing when I have everything I need for success. I start needing more stuff on the outside to try and fill the emptiness within instead of having the fullness from within. You know what starts happening when I forget God's principles and start start living beyond the basics as I start moving backwards instead of forwards and I don't know about you there's nothing I hate more than going backwards and yet it seems more of my life is spent going backwards than forwards and it all boils down to this thing I'm forgetting the basics I'm living by the wrong principles I'm following my own nature instead of following and understanding God's truth and staying faithful to it and this happens in every arena of my life if I'm honest Happens in my relationship with Roxanne. If you're a guest, I've been married this June. It'll be this month. In 14 days, we'll be married 35 years. But listen, I'm just going to tell you right now. I have seasons where I'm, I'm really experiencing in our relationship uh, like a 9 or a 10. And that's on a scale of 100, so don't get too carried away. But it's like I'm starting to experience a, a 9 or a 10. I'm really growing. And then all of a sudden, I'll have a season where I'm all the way back to a 1 or a 2 again. And it all boils down to the fact that I've, I've stopped practicing God's principles of how to love someone. The same thing happens in my leadership where, you know, I, I start leading at a higher level than normal. And I start developing our leaders around here in, at a higher level. And things start really moving at a higher level. And then all of a sudden we can slide all the way back down the mountain. And I can be just paralyzed in my leadership again. And it all boils down to I've stopped practicing the basics. It happens in my spiritual life. You know, God's given me everything I need to experience Him fully. I mean, to know what He wants for me and who He is to me and to experience Him step by step in this life. He's given me everything I need and I've had these amazing moments where He's been extremely real to me, but then in a short season, I can feel like He doesn't even exist anymore. And it's not that He's gone anywhere. It's that I've stopped focusing down on the right principles. I've started practicing the wrong principles again. And and so I, I, because I don't want to keep going backwards, because I don't want to keep failing when God's given me the ability to succeed, I, I found myself recently looking back to some of the unforgettable discoveries and lessons he gave me when I was younger. Ones that led to some of the greatest experiences of my life and greatest changes in my relationships and leadership so I can remember them and practice them again Uh, over the past year or so I've been digging out old file folders Um, for those of you who are of the generation of the smartphone a file folder is a thing made out of paper it's a little harder than normal paper and you put other papers in them and then you write what it's about and you put it in a drawer somewhere it's useless how do you find that you know but anyway. I've been pulling out these old file folders of stuff I once learned, of stuff I once practiced, of stuff I once taught our staff and taught people. But over the course of time, I've kind of forgotten. I have been so saddened by the discovery of how much I've forgotten of the simple truths that I'm supposed to be living And then I wonder why I'm not experiencing God's best in seasons of my life. And this is, I think, important for me to challenge you with. First of all, because you and I are made of the same stuff. What I hated about growing up in religion was the guy up in the platform seemed to think he was way better and different than the rest of us, but we all knew better. But the truth is we're all made out of the same stuff, and if this is something I'm challenged with, it's probably something you're challenged with, and maybe we can fight through the challenge together. Because I believe that if you apply some of these life lessons I'm going to remind you of, that it can do in your life what it's done in mine. It can positively change how you live your personal life and your relational life and your vocational life and your financial lives and your spiritual lives. They can transform you. Now, I wish I could tell you that you should really come back week after week because the golden nuggets I am going to drop are going to blow the synapses in your brain. I wish I could tell you that I'm so brilliant, I'm going to tell you things you've never heard, but that's really not what I can do. But I can remind you of some things that are true that you might already know, but you've forgotten like I've forgotten, and so you're not experiencing God's best anymore. Unforgettable life lessons that can change your life. They are mine. and. I'm going to pull all these life lessons over the next couple of weeks, several weeks, from one passage. I often have people say, Brad, I just wish you'd take one passage in the Bible and just spend some time there. Welcome to this opportunity. I'm going to spend the next three weeks just digging out of Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And I just encourage you, read it on your own. Draw your own principles. It's called the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. Talents was a form of money. Parable is a story. Jesus was telling a story about, about this certain... Kind of money and what he did with it. And you need to know the context of the story. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He was saying, do you want to know what the kingdom of God's like? And you need to know there are only two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of God, the way God works in this world. And then there's the kingdom of men and the kingdom of the world. You know what the kingdom of the world's like, right? Here's the definition of the kingdom of the world. It is about the kingdom of me. It's a whole world of people living only for themselves, the kingdom of me. This is why we compete with one another, crawl over each other, hurt each other, to get ourselves ahead. We're so empty on the inside, so desperate for more to find fullness, to find what we lost when we pushed God out, that we're willing to destroy each other and the planet, if necessary, in order to find some sense of fullness and happiness, and it's the kingdom of me. And you fill the world up with seven billion kingdom of me people, and you've got yourself a mess. Let's see. Yep, that's our world. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is very different from that. And then he was telling story after story. And this particular story, he says, you want to know what the kingdom of God's like? Okay, here's the deal. There was a ruler. Well, who could that be? God. And he had these servants. And he had all the resources. They had none. And he was going to go away for a while. And so he brought these three servants together. And he said, hey, I'm going to ask you to manage my business for me when I'm gone. To represent me, to manage my business, to help it move forward while I'm gone. Then I'll come back and I'll check on you. And so to one of his servants, he gave five talents, a sum of money, to the another, another two and to another one. And it was according to their abilities, to how God had wired them and called them. And, and then he left. And two of the guys took it really seriously. I mean, I, I guarantee you, someone, God, a ruler, gives you his resources there's risk involved in managing that business. I'm sure they had fear and incompetencies. They didn't think they were good enough to do it and all these different things. There were so many excuses that could have caused them to sit down and say, I'm not doing anything. I don't want to lose it. But instead, they overcame all of that and they managed this business and invested it in such a way that the one with five doubled it and the one with two doubled it. And when the ruler came back, they said, hey, we doubled What you gave us, we managed your business, and it went forward. And you know what the ruler said? He says, well done. That was just a small responsibility. Now for eternity, I'm going to give you a huge responsibility. And then he defines the whole experience. Come share my happiness. Come share my happiness. Party. But the third guy, he allowed the fears and the risks and the, the work involved and the hardness involved and the challenge involved to just win over in his life. And, and what he did is he sat back and he did nothing. He literally just buried the money into the ground. And when the ruler came back, he buried it up and gave it to him. And the ruler wasn't happy with this dude. He said, all you had to do is put it on deposit. You would at least made some interest off it. But instead, you buried it in the ground, you wicked and lazy servant. You're worthless. And he took away what he had, and this one, this guy went out, and it was for eternity, a place of darkness. That was a bad feeling moment. And this is what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus was saying. And so the first lesson that I'm relearning the first lesson I want to challenge you with and I'm gonna give it to you exactly how I got it I didn't make this up it's a cute little trite forward saying but I'm telling you there's so much power in it to change your life if you'll apply it what I learned in this parable is that we have to pay now to play later pay now play later pay now play later pay now play later Now, all kinds of cutesy ways we can say this. The price comes before the prize, right? Another way to say it. And I have to tell you, this was so important to me when I discovered it. I was a young guy and a young leader and a young dad and a young husband. And I mean, it became like, you probably couldn't know me three minutes without me saying, Pay now, play later, pay now, play later. And it started transforming my life. My kids, if you know them, Carissa, Blake, Allison, if you ask them about this, they'll tell you, we got so sick and tired of hearing, pay now, play later, pay now, play later. I mean, I think the day they were born, the doctor put them in my arms and I said, pay now, play later. Because this is a principle that transformed my life. The first two guys lived this principle. They paid on the front end. They didn't feel like getting up and managing this guy's business. They didn't feel like doing the work to know how to manage. They didn't feel like taking the risk. They didn't feel like it, but they did it. Day in, day out, they paid now. And what happened when the ruler came back? It was playtime. Come share in my happiness. You're going to have even more responsibilities. You're awesome. But the third guy... He played now. He says, I'm going like, to take it easy now. I'm going to enjoy life now. I'm not going to face the risk now. I'm not going to do the work now. And I'll just give him back what he gave me. What's the loss in that? There was a lot of loss. Because by nature, we tend to live by the wrong principles. And when we play now, we will pay later. But we'll pay more than we can afford to pay. Talk about losses. You wicked and lazy servant. Take it all away from him. He had nothing. Now here's the question that really impacts me. Which picture best represents what you want for your life? Now that's a stupid question, right? I mean, I've never met a person that says, you know what? When it comes to standing before God, I'm just looking for him to say, you wicked and lazy, worthless slob. You've got nothing for eternity. Good luck with that. That's what I'm going for. Never met that person. You know what want? We want... We want the well done deal. Well done. It gets better from here. Come share in my happiness. Woo! That's stuff you can write country songs about, right? Well done. Here's the deal. The problem is, we want the well done at the end of life. But too many of us aren't paying now. I find in my life, often, I'm just playing now, taking the easy route now, taking the comfortable route now, not taking the risks now, not stepping out in faith now, not making the sacrifices now, not doing any of that now, still expecting, when I stand before God, for him to say, really, good job wasting your life, Brad. Well done. I believe I live like the failure hoping for the success and it just doesn't work that way and I think too many of us are like that if we're going to experience the well done of life then we need to pay now so we can play later so why is this so important I believe this is important because I believe it's the key of life why did I teach my kids this time and time again until they just wanted to mom it up I'll tell you why because I believe it's the key to self-control Self-control, which, quite frankly, in my life doesn't come naturally, which in our culture doesn't come naturally. In fact, I don't see it being taught many places in our culture by leadership in any environment, politics, religion, uh, education, business. Sorry. We all think we can play now and play later. We don't have self-control. Do you know what self-control is? It's actually the issue of maturity, You know what a baby doesn't have? You know when a baby is born? You know what a baby doesn't have? A baby doesn't have self-control. I mean, I'm sorry to get gross, but when does a baby go to the bathroom? When it feels like it? I mean, take the diaper off, they feel like going, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, they have no self-control. As you start growing up, what happens? You start learning self-control. This is a point of maturity. You know what's sad about our culture when it comes to character and emotions and everything else? We have a bunch of infants instead of a bunch of mature people, people with no self-control. They want to play now, play later, play always, and it just doesn't work that way, and it's not going to end well. We have to pay now and play later. To practice self-control, to practice delayed gratification, to pay first so that we can then enjoy later is the key to knowing freedom which not many people know in this world it's the key to knowing fulfillment which not many of us know in this world look at how God said it in Proverbs chapter 22 verse 7 the borrower is servant to the lender now it's putting it in financial terms the borrower is servant to the lender you see the one who's lending is the person who paid now and now they're playing you're making them all their money They're playing now because they paid on the front end. But the one who says, I'm going to play now and pay later, you know what they become? Slaves. No freedom, no fullness, in total bondage. They never get out of it. Because they want to play now and pay later. When you play first, the debt on the back end becomes unbearable and destructive. The first two guys paid first and the celebration was endless the third guy decided he would pay later and it broke him and destroyed him and that's where too many of us are living me too we need to pay now and play later I put this into for myself at least a perspective I could understand I I started asking myself what's the job of every parent what's the job of every teacher of of a financial consultant what's the job of a coach what's the job of a leader you know what it is right it's to get people to do what they don't want to do. So they can become everything they will one day wish they were. I mean, think about the role of a teacher. I, I, there were some kids like this. I wasn't one of them and didn't hang out with them. You know, There were some kids that just liked math. But I'm going to tell you, they weren't normal. <laughs> normal kids needed a teacher... To get them to do what they didn't want to do. Math and science and homework and hard work. And why would the teacher get them to do what they didn't want to do. So one day they could become everything they dreamed of becoming. Same thing with parents. Parenting isn't about making the kid happy in the moment so they don't embarrass you in the grocery store. Parenting is about getting kids to do what they don't want to do, to say no to themselves, to offer, to learn self-control, to delay their gratification. Why? So they will one day be able to live out their dreams, but the way many people are parenting today, they're buying their kid off every time they whine to keep them comfortable, to not be embarrassed themselves. What we're doing is we're creating a nightmare for the next generation. It says, pay now, play later. And you know why we do this. And it's the reason we live with so many regrets. And remember, I'm talking out of my experience. I have so many regrets in life. And it all boils down to one reality. I don't pay now because I'm ruled by my feelings. Too many of us are ruled by our feelings by nature. We pursue comfort because feelings are important. And pleasure because feelings are important. And... and personal riches because our our feelings are important and this is why so many people fall so short of their potential and live with so many regrets it's why i do it's because we follow our feelings in the parable of the talents which one followed his feelings the failure what happened to the two that didn't follow their feelings but they chose to do right to pay now they played later they had great feelings when it all ended I love how one person said this he said feelings are the most undependable dependence anyone ever depended on isn't that brilliant if you think it was brilliant I just made that up no really it's a a cliche I heard feelings are the most undependable dependence anyone ever depended on that's so true and guess what we all depend on them that explains nature This is why we tend to do the wrong thing Because we follow our feelings And you know what our feelings do They betray us Here's the reality You are more likely to act yourself Into feeling Than to feel yourself Into action Too many of us are waiting Until we feel like doing something To do it If I wait till I feel like doing something Before I do it Jesus is going to have to come back first But I have found that if I start doing the actions that are right, remember what he said to Joshua? Steep yourself in my word so that you can be careful to do what's not natural to you. Observe what I do, and then you'll experience success. I mean, I have to consciously choose to overcome my feelings to do right. But then do you know what happens? My feelings catch up. This is what I love about the parable of the talent. What? I mean, they had a lot of hard days when the ruler was gone. Didn't even know if he'd come back. How long do we have to manage his business? How long, how long, how long? Then he shows up and they said, hey, we doubled it. And you know what he said? Come share my, what was the word? Happiness. There's a feeling for you. The last guy didn't get the word happiness. He got the word misery. Successful people. Successful people personally, relationally, vocationally, financially, spiritually have learned that you can do the right thing and let your feelings catch up to you, but if you wait till the right feelings come, you'll never ultimately do the right things because life doesn't work that way. You've got to pay now and play later. And this is where it really hits me. The greatest failures in the world are people who are ruled by their emotions. King David was a great man of God, a great man, a man after God's own heart. If you don't know, he's in the Old Testament, wrote many of the Psalms, great guy. But you know what he did one day, this great guy? One day, he stood on his rooftop, the rooftop of his castle, his palace. And he looked down over Jerusalem, and there was a beautiful woman married to someone else, bathing, found out she was married to one of his soldiers who was fighting, putting his life on the line for him on the field. And you know what David said, bring her to me, I want her. He committed adultery with her. He hurt himself, he hurt the kingdom, he hurt so many things. Do you know why David committed adultery with that woman named Bathsheba? Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why. He followed his feelings. He wanted to. Do you realize that defines every failure in the Bible? Do you realize that defines every one of my failures? Do you know why I've made so many messed up choices? Because I've decided it would feel better to play now than to pay now. Do you know why you're thinking about what you're thinking about and doing what you're doing when it's the wrong thing? Do you know why you've made so many tragic choices and some of you are getting ready to make a tragic choice? Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because... You're following your feelings, and when you do, they will betray you forever because life doesn't work that way. You have to pay now and play later. You will be like the third guy in this parable, as I have been so many times, miserable because you followed your feelings instead of doing the right thing and letting your feelings catch up. And this is powerful as a truth in our spiritual lives. You know, so many of us want to have a great relationship with God. We want to experience his promises. We want to experience his touch. We want to know his will for our lives. We want to know his power in our lives. We want to experience God in prosperous and successful ways. But we just don't feel like doing what it takes. Do you know what it takes? He told Joshua, he told us in Psalms, hey, night and day, pour yourself into my truth. Because you see, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and without faith, you can't please me. You pour yourself into my truth, and it will give you the faith you need to trust me, to do the right thing. And you know what will happen? Here's what will happen. You'll experience freedom and fullness. Here's what will happen. You'll do what I said to do, And then when I come back, I'll say, "Well done. You're awesome come and share my happiness. But we don't. We want all there is of God without paying the price of giving him all there is of us. We need to discipline ourselves to invest spiritually now so we can know God now and forever. If you want God's pleasure, you have to pay now to play later. I mean, it's clear, and I forget it. I told my kids thousands of times and I've forgotten it myself along the way. I get up in the morning and kind of think that life should just keep going like it's been going. Based upon how many days I got up and spent time with God. But who needs to do it now? And when I start playing instead of paying, I start losing like the third guy in this principle. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. And then I'm going to bring it in for a landing. I want to encourage you. I want to beg you actually to start doing the right thing on the front side don't lower your standards or compromise yourself for anyone because that's playing now and the price you'll pay in the end will be horrible don't let the feelings of fear and weariness and despair and doubt and confusion keep you from doing what needs to be done now don't keep borrowing from your future to give you happiness in the present because what that will do it will bankrupt you from happiness in your future the price you pay in the end will be far higher than you can afford pay now and you'll play later but there's an important note I need to share with you in this story the servants had a relationship with the ruler they didn't have anything they were servants the ruler had everything and then the ruler gave of his resources to these servants so that they could Serve him so that they could have the opportunity to get the well done. They had a relationship with him. You know, that's how it is with us. Jesus was answering the question, what's it like in the kingdom of heaven? What's it like in the kingdom of God? Well, this is what it's like. You have a relationship with the ruler and he gives you these resources. Then you're able to experience him and work for him and and give him pleasure. But first you have to know him. And you know what too many of us are doing? Too many of us are trying to pay to know God. And that doesn't work. We've already passed that bridge. The Bible says, for all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. And the only payment for that is death. (laughs) Pay now, play later. We lost already. We're in trouble. We're, We're the third guy. The wicked and lazy servant who doesn't have a chance. Except... God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. That's interesting. What do we deserve to perish? What do we get in Jesus? We get life. that's the only area in all the world where you don't have to pay to play because Jesus paid for you. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It'll throw up on the screen. It says, for by grace, that's God's love, that's God's mercy, God's forgiveness. For by grace are you saved, forgiven, made new, given a brand new start, allowed to be a child of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by works, because if it was, you'd boast about it. If you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you're going to be a part of the story that Jesus told, if you're going to have the opportunity to hear a well done from God, it's not based upon things you have to bring to God, it's based upon you already knowing him and what he's given to you. And it starts with his forgiveness. You can't pay the debt of your sin, but Jesus already did, so that you can play in this world as a child of God, but you've got to trust him. And so before I give you the last thought of this principle, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to honor this moment and pray with me. Would you just honor the moment and pray with me? And if you're already a believer, I bet you you have some things that you could talk to God the Father about right now, about where you've not paid now. But if you're here and you've not yet trusted Jesus, experienced his grace, I'm going to encourage you to pray with me. Take my words in this prayer, and not out loud, but in your heart, Pray to God this way. Just say, God, I've pushed you out of my life. I've, I'm building my own kingdom. I'm doing my own thing. I've sinned against you. I'm the wicked and lazy guy. But I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross to pay my debt. And that you rose again so that you could give me what I need most new life and so by faith I'm confessing my sin and giving them to you and I'm trusting Jesus to make me a child of God in Jesus name Amen if you just prayed with me before I give you the last thought and we're on our way please let me know We give you in our services, if you're in one of our live services, this program, it says Unforgettable right now during this series, and on the inside is a connection card. And you just fill it out and you check that circle at the bottom that says you prayed with me to receive Jesus. And we have boxes at all of our auditoriums just outside the exits. And you throw it in there, we'll do the rest. We'll send you information about how you can know God. And by the way, this coming week on Friday night, I'm doing a thing called Discover Northridge. If you've not been or not been in a while, it can really impact you as I download how we can know God and how this church is trying to help you to. But the last thing I want you to see is, once we've experienced Jesus paying for our salvation, and we're playing as a child of God, do you know what happens? We enter the story of the parable of the talents, because this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The ruler gives his resources to his servants, and then he goes away. And he says, hey, manage my stuff for me while i'm gone when you're his child you know what he's done your life your breath your gifts your abilities your resources you know what it's it is it's from him and he's saying manage my stuff for me while i'm gone look at ephesians 2:10 after we get the gift of faith and we receive grace god says now now that you're one of my children now that you're in the story of the kingdom of heaven you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for and what are the next two words Thank you. The three people who had coffee today just answered. Thank you. We're going to do that again. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Once He transforms your life, it's now so that you can work. He's saying, I'm giving you life. I'm giving you gifts. I'm giving you redemption. I'm giving you my resources. Now, do good works. Do good works. Pay now. And what will happen? He talks about all kinds of rewards. He says, when I come back, I'll give you the crown of rights. When I come back, I mean, you're going to find hope in heaven. When I come back, when you work for me, pay now, play later. But here's the question. Are you paying now? I think too many of us are living like the third guy. Hoping for the best when... Jesus comes back if you want a well done life at the end you need to pay now what are you doing for God with his stuff what are you doing for God with his stuff name one thing in your head that you laid down as a payment for good works to God in the last week Jesus said in Luke fourteen thirty three, you want to be my disciple? You have to give everything back to me. Why? Because what you have is nothing and what I have is everything. Not many true disciples in this world. Me included. But I've decided as I've gone back and looked at these unforgettable life lessons that I sadly have forgotten, I've decided I'm going to start living this way again. I'm going to pay now so I can play later because here's what I see in my mind. I see God standing right in front of me and asking me to give an account. And I see two scenarios. One is, you really blew it, Brad. And the other is, well done. I would give anything to have the king of the universe look me in the eye and say, You did a great job. Now it's time to share in my happiness. And if that's true, I would give anything. Then I should be giving it now because now's the time to pay. So for eternity, I can play. Why don't we do it together? Pay now, play later. We all win. I hope you will. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Try it!